Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. I swear, no, we can't get all five of us together at the same time. We better be able to do it for the hunt. We haven't done it. We didn't do it when we went and scouted. Uh, Josh wasn't there. And then we went and sighted in muzzleloaders, and you weren't there. And now we're sitting here doing the pre-hunt podcast, and Larry's off galley fatting around. Hey, I'm going with Jake tomorrow, so. Yeah, Y'all go back guys, out there to scout? You guys are going to scout? Yeah. Very good. Wants to wants to join us. If Jake shows up this time. They better bring their own boat. I'll be there. <laughs> bring that mic in a little closer to your face. How long it takes me and you to get there on my boat? We'll, we might be there about sunset. <laughs> but we'll be there. Well, I can bring the pontoon boat with a trolling motor, but. He ain't got, I think Jake's boat's probably a little bit faster than that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it tops out at 17 with me on it, so we'll see what well, it does you'll be all right. How far, have you ever looked to see how far that run is? No. Pull your onyx up up here. Uh, I would say, Jake, to, you know. Uh, when it says minimum wake, to just assume that that means if you're going as fast as you possibly can, that's the smallest your wake is going to be. <laughs> and you're not wrong about that, man. You cannot. You, the slower you go with that little boat, the bigger wake you create yeah. with that that long tail. Well, here, here's man. the thing, too, though. You notice that minimum wake zone never ends. Yeah, and then you also notice that, like, if you try to to idle through it. There's like, you know, I think that there is 18 a, other guys that there, there's a blow sh- past you. The minimum wake zone isn't the whole way there. It's only a small portion. Once you get into like where it narrows down, once you get back where it opens up, I don't think that's minimum wake anymore. But I could be wrong. Yeah, like right through the big open, big open spot. That's not minimum wake. Right. Measuring line distance. I think so. Jack, I think I want to get me a dang, uh, let me get me a recurve bow. Awesome. I found, I found one. I've been, I've been asking some guys and, and <clears throat> about like a couple of guys I know that shoot traditional archery. And uh, my buddy recommended the Samic Sage. Pick it up on Amazon for 160 bucks. Really? 60 pound recurve. 
He's like, dude, that's what I started with, and that's what most people recommend for people to start out on. It's a great bow. I was like, Phew. you can get it 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 40, all up to 60 pounds. I was like, really? bet. Yeah. I might, I might have to do that. Let's see if I can find it on Amazon real quick. But because I've, I've been wanting to. 4.7 miles. So it's probably about five miles. Yeah. That's not terrible. We'll so it, it should take you about 30 minutes to get there. No. <laughs> Well, if we do 10, how is it? Yeah, yeah, it's 30 minutes. It's a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure we can't do Saturday? <laughs> now that I'm really nope. thinking about it. We what? already <laughs> rescheduled that birthday party once. Uh, <laughs> anybody got a faster boat they want to loan us? I got a boat, but it ain't got no motor on it, so it's dangerous slower. <laughs> it ain't no faster. That's there you go. That's pretty cool. I might get my kids one too. For it goes all the way down to 25 pounds. Biggest. All the way down to 25 pounds. So you could. And then if they, once they get where they're stronger, you can just buy new limbs. I think they're like 80 bucks a piece. Really? So it's like detachable. Are they slide turn, ends? Turn that damn thing towards your mouth. Are they slide in limbs? Or are they like, do they got a bolt, like a compound where you just. Yeah. Yeah. This bolt in there. But um, I'm gonna give it a shot. Look, he, zoom out. Show him his optimal path for short distance. Okay, uh-huh. got to hug the corners. <laughs> That's why I said it's probably about five miles. Put that put that long tail to work. That will be the farthest that thing has ever ran. <laughs> really? That's scary. No, no. I went pretty far when we went. Shot more hands. I was I was pretty far out in Lake Kapopka on that one, but I mean I could make the pontoon boat round. <laughs> I don't want to get stuck out there with your. It is it is a Honda motor, man. It ain't no Predator. It's a real deal Honda. Oh, you'll be fine. Four hundred cc. It's a it's it's for what it is. It's pretty pretty cool. I did see a fifty horsepower airplane motor. With a long tail attached to it for $1,200. And that's really piqued my interest. No, I saw what, what did I see that they for, <laughs> for six grand, <clears throat> it was a, uh, a paraglider with the little dinghy boat on the bottom with the motor on the back. Oh, that's like cool the, too. The thing like Steve Miller has? Yeah, but it had a dinghy boat so you could land it on the water. <laughs> I was like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me uh, I essentially have a small airboat now. A, uh, a small airboat. You have a, a airplane. Yeah. What the heck you want an airboat for when you got an airplane? You could do both, though. No, you can go a lot more places with an airplane. Than you can go with an airboat. You can fly over land. Yeah, imagine deer scouting in a, in an airplane. Yeah, fly right above the trees. Like. <laughs> He's he said wireless <laughs> spotlight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You carry the deer rifle and everything with you. Put her down on somebody's cattle pond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even think you need a pilot's license for those. Not 100% sure. I don't think so either. I mean, I would dang sure wouldn't pay $10,000 to fly one of those things. Nah. Yeah, I can't make the weed deer run right. I'm not going to fly in one. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'll be all right. If I go down, it was my time. <laughs> Hey, but if you go down in that, at least you float. <laughs> <laughs> at least you got a parachute attached to you. 
There's no parachute. It's a wing, like a like a paraglider. Oh, the yeah, the so one that's really I'm pretty crash. sure the one that Steve Miller has. His is or his, I guess it's not a paraglider. It's like a hang glider. Yeah, the one that Steve Miller his has is a parachute. Has, yeah, yeah. It's a parachute on it. Yeah, he has a paraglider. Yeah. Either way, I'll run it. Good Lord. I'll scout out of a paraglider. Well, we got some talk about some small game hunts. The yeah. first one coming up December second is in Seminole Ranch. And I see a lot of people like, oh, yeah, I love Seminole Forest. It's not the same place. <laughs> Two different places, like an hour and a half apart. Uh, Seminole Ranch is around Christmas, Florida, which did you see that what Cameron Gordon posted in there about the Cracker Christmas at the Old Fort? Yeah, yeah. That same I'll probably, weekend? I'll probably hit that up after morning hunting and go there for a little bit with the family and come back yeah. and do the evening hunt. Um. But Seminole Ranch is down in Christmas, and there's a Cracker Christmas at the Fort, which is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I want to go see that. And then uh, that's December 2nd. Then New Year's weekend, the I'll be leaving Friday night, which I believe is the 29th after I get off work, driving up to southeast Georgia, Ludowisi, Georgia, to Townsend Wildlife Management Area. And we're going to do a little duck hunting, little... Squirrel hunting and a lot of camping. Beautiful, beautiful um, primitive camping area up there. So, looking forward to that. Very it's much be fun so. for sure. That's a good time. I didn't get my hunts that I put in for. Oh, did they already let us know? Yeah. Oh, shoot! I should probably look. <laughs> you you not read your emails? Nah, probably not as often as I should. <laughs> um, but uh, did not get my hunts so. Which is okay, because I was kind of like, after I put in for him and then decided to make it a whole event, small game hunt, I was um, very much so not looking forward to trying to pack up my crap and drive 45 minutes to hunt. That's more like an hour and 15 minutes and then drive back when it's done. But I'd have done it. When did they send it out? A week or so ago. Hmm. And then after that, we close out the year at the end of January in Seminole Forest, which I'm hoping I get that get that recurve by then. I'll try and go put Cameron Gordon to shame, shoot a couple of rabbits with it. I act like I'm going to be good enough to do that by then, but I'm definitely not. But I'm going to try out there, out there in your red flannel like Fred Bear. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I was unsuccessful as well. I was like, I'm looking at the trad bow, and I'm like, man, do I, do I have to wear flannel when I shoot this? Is that a requirement? I feel like, almost feel like it is. Have Have you ever shot one of those? I had a recurve when I was a kid. Um, I had a bear, like a youth bear recurve. Yeah, the fiberglass one. No, mine was wood. Oh, yours was wood. Okay. Yeah, this was it was uh my uncle's, well before it was mine. So it was it's a very old bear, and I was wicked with that sucker. I mean, it might only have been probably 15 pounds. Killed a blackbird with it. Killed a squirrel with it. I used to, we had a turkey target in the backyard. I would, I could shoot it in the head at about 15 yards. So, but that was, uh, 25 years ago. Yeah, your eyesight was a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll give it a shot. 
I'm looking forward to it, and I'm trying to buy it in the middle of hunting season so that I know damn well I'm not going to hunt with it, and it's also cool enough outside that I'm willing to go outside and shoot it every day. Yeah, that's the problem with archery, man. It's so hot when you have to practice, and then yeah. it's so hot when you got to hunt. It's that's, just hot. That's why I hate bow season down here in the deep southeast. Now, what I really look forward to is like we just last weekend, we were up in Alabama, and that was open a weekend of bow season. We weren't hunting. But it was down 50, 49 degrees at night, 70, 72 degrees during the day. I was like, this, this I could do. Yeah. That, hey, man, we're going to the woods today. The low is 90, uh, 95, and the high is 99. 98% humidity. Yeah. <laughs> Hunting in a soup bowl all day. The mosquitoes the size of pterodactyls. You yeah. Know, the whole nine yards. You basically just sit in a tree and sous vide yourself in your own sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, and that's why I love everybody's all about scent control and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, archery season in the South, it doesn't matter what you got on. Just try to cover it up. (laughs) Unless you're walking to the shirt or walking to the stand in a camo wife beater. If it weren't for mosquitoes, I'd hunt naked. It wouldn't help. I know. You just scare them to death. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, it is bad. You, you You can't get 10 yards from your truck. Without breaking a sweat, no matter what you do, you know it's just that hot. You right. can't help but just sweat. And once you're sweating, you you stunk everything up. <laughs> That's all there is to it. It's ruined. But let me introduce everybody who got around the table before we get much further. So this is everybody except Larry, who's going on. We're going on a hunt together next week. So you got I'm your host, Will Krebs. I got Jordan here this evening. I'm here. Let's get it. I've got Mr. Jake Bigby. You've heard him before. Yes, sir. I'm here. And we got uh, Josh. I can't remember your last name. Crow. Crow. It's a pretty easy name to remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder why y'all were shooting them crows last time, why I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Spelled different. You're all right. It is. But uh, so we're, we're going to get out. We got a dang cabin rented. And we're going to pack in there like sardines. Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna sleep on the uh, the cot, Jordan? Not me. I drove all the way out there to pay the deposit. Hey, it's my birthday. <laughs> That's all right. Mine's the next week. Okay, so you're and then Jake. you're not doing it. Larry can't speak for himself. Larry gets caught. <coughs> all right, good. there it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't that show the podcast. Really not the uncomfortable though. No, it's a it's like a big. It's twice as wide as your regular, like you think an army cot. Yeah, I see. And it's got the thick pad on it. And it's springy. It's really actually really comfortable. Um, but you know, with the weather, it's going the way it's looking. Wouldn't be bad to put a hammock outside on that front porch either. No, no, it wouldn't. You know, with the nice is it's looking pretty nice. So. I think we're looking at. I, mean, I could go for colder, to be honest. Yeah, highs in the low eighties right now. In lows in the mid sixties. Yeah, I mean that's good sleeping weather. It could be a few de- few degrees colder in the day. Which it may actually get a little cooler out there, being on the water and everything. We'll see. We'll see. What we actually end up with. Not that I'll ever know because I don't have a thermometer I carry around with me. Actually, I do on my hunting backpack, but I don't even know if it actually works. <laughs> it's just there to make me feel good. Yeah, it's it's there to it's there to uh, <clears throat> remind me. That I never was really all that good at reading a mercury thermometer. 
You look at it and you're like, uh, it's somewhere between 60 and 70 degrees. Well, I look at it. (laughs) You got to hold it just right. I look at it and I'm staring at it and I'm like, it's, uh, what are the hash marks on that? Two degrees? Two degrees. And then in between one, it's, 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 uh, yeah, 60, 80, 60, 70 degrees, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere between 60 and 65. It doesn't help that it's only like an inch and a half long, so it's even harder to read. But... Oh, I'm looking forward to it though, man. I've had uh, does after does after does after does on the trail camera, and that is it. Nothing but does. And I think it's the same two does. It's unfortunate. Yeah. The black bears are gone for now, at least. I haven't seen them lately. Old dude said somebody brought a good buck out of there, though. Yeah. On the archery hunt. Supposedly, 100 and something inch buck came out of there on the archery hunt. So, <laughs> we just got to figure out where his pappy is, or where his brother. I'll shoot his 90-inch brother, too. I don't care. I'll shoot his 30-inch brother, too. I'll shoot his 10-inch cowhorn spike son. Yeah. <laughs> don't try me, man. I'm going for legal deer. I was talking to somebody the other day about cowhorn spikes, and they're like, I said something about the property in Alabama. I said, we got some cowhorn spikes on. You need to kill them. I said, what? That's been disproven. Like, it doesn't mean anything just because his first set of horns is spikes. And, uh, no, 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 you need to kill him. And then Lindsey Thomas posted something today about. I saw that. Cow horn spike. I saw it before you sent it to me. Um, but honestly, man, I'd let a cow horn spike go just hoping to get Spikezilla. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that one the dude had on TikTok? I think it was last year. Had like a dang 20-inch spike with some... I mean, it was, I think it was a total of like a four or five point. Yeah. I measured the uh, today before we came because I read that cowhorn spike thing. That old buck I got at the house that I shot. Yeah. His longest spike thing on one side is uh, 14 inches. Jesus. Have you seen that buck, Jake? No. Oh, man. that's a That's a wicked looking... He's just like that. It. That was more of an old an old buck versus pull it up on our Facebook. Yeah, uh, that was more of an old buck than it was like bad genetics. He was already on his downhill decline because you know deer grow as they age. They grow better racks year to year to year to year to year because they have to they devote more of their nutrition to growing bigger racks. You need it for sexual competition. Then they reach a point where. It's like, do I want to grow horns and make babies, or do I want to continue to live? Right, right. So then they start devoting more nutrition to staying alive, and the rat gets smaller and smaller and smaller until yeah. it diminishes away to nothing. But you can usually see, because you'll have this just big-bodied old bruiser come out, and you'll have just a spindly or wicked crazy-looking rat. Like the one he killed, I killed an old five-point <clears throat> that had just dang near pencil-thin horns. But not hardly a tooth in his head. That's weird. What's that? It's not. It only pulls up my photos up to there. Doesn't go to the Under Pressure Outdoors Facebook. I don't think it's on there. Yes, it is. Are you sure? Hundred percent. The mount is. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to this hunt. Me and Jordan had it last year. And uh, as soon as I saw it this year, I grabbed it up, started texting around. Then you had three guys that 
there were we started as a group of eight, and then before I ever created the group text, we were down to a group of six, and then it went from six to five, <laughs> but only four of us show up at a time. So, so Paul, five of us actually show up. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna be at that hunt, even if I got an Uber there, I will be there. Larry, Larry, Larry's like, I'm going, I'm going. I said, Well, if you're not going, I need to borrow your boat. Because I yeah. don't think the four of us are going to fit in Jake's. <laughs> so by the time you guys are listening to this, with the week this comes out, we're actually leaving. This will have come out on Monday. We'll be leaving the Thursday after this comes out to go up there, which I think you and Larry will be the first ones to filter in. Yep, I'm leaving. I'm heading there right after work. I want to pack my stuff and take it to work with me and head out from there. Very good. So. There you go. Look at that thing. That's crazy. Old freak nasty. Yeah. Which one is it? Is it the one on the on the left side that measures that? This one. And that was from base to tip, fourteen inches. Yeah. Good lord. I'd I'd be curious what he scores with deductions and everything. Uh, uh, man, not much. I'd be shocked if he scored 80. This guy but here said 65 gross. Gross? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. He's got a lot of mass to him. But that was one of the few big deer we killed off that place. Being there only three years. Oh, boy didn't have a tooth left in his mouth. He was a good one. But... Man, there's some good deer out here. That deer you killed last year had, uh, what was, six and a half years old? Yeah. That's an old deer. He'd been kicking around for a while. And then you're only right across that short river swim from a no hunting area. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Got my muzzleloader sided in. You got your sided in, right, Jordan? Yep. We'll find out. <laughs> Bring it to my house, Jordan. You can do one or two shots out there. Before they call the cops? Yeah. Uh, you can normally let off about 40 or 50 before they call the cops, but I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> it's not like they're, you're breaking the law, though. I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah, technically, it's a bird sanctuary, so you're not supposed to even shoot any guns out there. Uh, I was going to say, we shot, though. We shot no guns one, at the house all the time we were kids. Trust me, no one listens out there. Yeah, I believe it. I'm not a fan of the whole bird sanctuary crap. Sounds like an excuse. Something from like the the 70s, I think. Yeah, it was a long time ago when they implemented all the bird sanctuaries. Or the majority of them. I mean, like you go out of the Homosassa River and you get in that bird sanctuary. You ever been in Homosassa? No. You go to Homosassa and they have what's called the pole line. I thought that was NWR. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. They have what's called the pole line. Can you 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 can't even go inside the pole line, can you? You can fish inside of it, yeah. Can you? Yeah, yeah. But when you get out into the Gulf, you can just see a line of fence posts down the Gulf of Mexico hmm. that marks the edge of the whether whether it's a bird sanctuary or a national wildlife refuge. I'm not sure. But everybody, if you ask anybody in Homosassa, you go down there and you're like, where where can I go out and catch some trout? Oh, go out to the pole line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll catch them just like you catch them anywhere else in the Gulf of Mexico, but that's just where they send all the newbies. The pole line. 
But oh, there he is. A nose on that thing, man. He had a snout on him. Yeah, he did. Just an old, old, old deer. It was halfway chilly that morning. I was wearing a dang. It doesn't take much to get you wearing a long sleeve yeah, shirt. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're in pants and a long sleeve shirt right now. Yeah, but it's like a sun shirt. It's not like a. You'll put a jacket on after the podcast is over. Probably, yeah. And it's supposed to get down to like 65 degrees tonight. It's cold. I don't want to freeze out there. Pitiful, Jake. He'll start gaining weight here soon. Say what? He'll start gaining weight here yeah. soon. Yeah, getting married and all, that'll do it to you. I know. I was a buck 45 when I got married. <laughs> <laughs> I was. That Cajun pasta she made tonight, son. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it begins. That's what does it to you. Yeah. Like I've said several times, too, I, you know, uh, I've been doing quite a bit of hunting this season. And uh, when I told her, because you, you know what? Classically, I forgot to tell her that I was going on this hunt. Uh, or I probably dropped it in conversation when she wasn't listening. But I, it's been a, a month or so now since I told her about it. And she was like, you're going on another hunt? And I was like, yeah. I'm going to be gone for this one, though. Like, I'm not coming home at night. And she was like, when is it? You know, she was a little bit upset about it. She was going to tolerate it, but... I said, it's William's birthday weekend. She was like, oh, we should buy his beer. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should. You should buy all the beer. Yeah. So Yeah, it's my birthday, too. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was gonna say when's I your like birthday? Medello. When's your birthday, Jake? Because uh, we need to plan a hunt. Unfortunately, mine's in June. It is not in hunting season. June, we're going to hunt Turkeys. coyotes. Where are we hunting coyotes? In June? I don't know. We'll figure it out. What do you mean in June? Yeah. Let's go. You, you, you realize you can hunt rabbits here out in Florida, right? There's no season on rabbits. On WMAs? A, a private land. Yeah. See, you know they're trying dude, to they're they're talking about making gray squirrel year round on private land. I, that's great for people who have private land. Hey, but you know <laughs> I, I mean, how, how to, much yeah. land do you have to have? Doesn't matter. <laughs> but listen, listen to what Jordan's gonna say because I know where you're going with this. William and I have talked about this. Your way to gain access because you you. Walk up to some old boy's house with your daughter and say, Hey, brother, I was just wondering if we could have permission to come uh, hunt. If I could come hunt your property for some squirrels with my daughter. What's he going to say? No. You're hunting, you're hunting, <laughs> yeah. All you're right. hunting squirrels, man. Put your, optimi- on. your optimistic hat yeah. on. You have to appeal to his softer side. Come out there, hunt some squirrels. You make, you know... A good connection with him. You hunt you, some squirrels, yeah. you rake some leaves, you mow some grass, you carry some heavy stuff. And then you're like, you know, man, we've been out here hunting squirrels 10, 10 15 times. I noticed there's some really good deer sign back there. And deer season's coming. Yeah, I guess you can go back there and shoot one or two. So I, I do hear what you guys are saying here. The problem that I just recently ran into was a man had some property. He was going to let me hunt it. Yeah. And I got my hunter's insurance and I filled out this form, printed out this form me and him to sign said, put him in no clause and he <clears throat> we were good to go I went to meet him and get everything signed and 
he canceled the cancel on me and said we couldn't do it because his friend had homeowner's insurance had gotten canceled because he allowed someone to hunt on his property without a without an LLC. So there is some crazy weird laws going on right now that are that are no hurting. no no that there sounds ain't like a no bunch way. of BS to me. Yeah, I feel like there was some deeper stuff to that that something happened and I they, mean there might be, but I have not I've had <laughs> one one time a guy let me hunt his property. That or that guy was bringing multiple people out and charging them for it. Either that or what happened was the guy that was hunting his property, something happened. He sued. He didn't have like a lease, a lease, a lease insurance or hunter's insurance. Yeah. That covered like an umbrella policy, an umbrella policy that covered the landowner. And then they tried to use their homeowner's insurance to get it. And the homeowner's insurance company was like, uh, we're denying it because of X, Y, Z. I'd look further. Like I, I could put you in some contact with some there, people who could, could who could dispel that rumor for you. Yeah, I might know a co-host that could probably. I mean, I'd, well, not not necessarily Jim, but Joey can. Oh yeah, that's right for sure. Yeah, like my girls, man, I'd love to take them hunting. Yeah, they, neither one of them want to shoot squirrels. They don't want to shoot deer. They want to shoot pigs and coyotes. They're like, we just want to shoot the mean animals, Daddy. <laughs> they don't want to that's shoot the cute ones. <laughs> <laughs> squirrels are meat animals. Mean. Mean. Oh, mean. Yeah. They mean, are mean. You know, the squirrels are a little cute. They feed them things, you know. Deer mean? No, just just pigs and coyotes, I guess. Bobcats. <laughs> Dude, I ain't seen a bobcat. I was talking to Dad about that the other day. I ain't seen a bobcat in years. Yeah, I seen one the other couple weeks ago, and I lost two arrows shooting at it. I don't really want to talk about that one. I need to buy a rangefinder. That's <laughs> what I got out of that. <clears throat> I got a rangefinder I'll give you if it works, but I wouldn't trust it. Why? Last time I trusted it, I missed a deer three times. <laughs> I don't trust it. That's why I said I'll give it to you. It's I like a $600 rangefinder. I thought I could trust my eye until I missed that bobcat twice. I said, what in the world is going on? The I best- want to know how you managed to get two shots at a bobcat for without it running off. I don't really know. The first one went over, and then it, it like ran to me. And as it came to me, there was some brush that was to the left of me it cut into this brush and then there was a trail and it popped out on that trail and i got another shot off at it but i missed both of them which was okay because after i shot at it twice i got to reading the brochure while i was in the tree stand and it bobcat was not on the list oh man (laughs) so (laughs) it's a good good thing you didn't do it's okay (laughs) somebody was looking out for you there jake A big man upstairs is uh, is it even legal to hunt bobcat in Florida? There, there's a season for that, isn't there? Yeah, there's a season. It's just going to be depending on what WMA it is. Yeah, some WMAs may let you during small game season; others might not. Uh, but I haven't seen one, and I, was, I, you know, I sat there and I was talking to Dad, and I was thinking back last time I saw a bobcat. I was living in Kentucky, and it was on the base up there. And I only saw him for a minute when he ran across the road. I haven't seen one from a deer stand. Last one I saw from a deer stand, I shot, and I was probably nine, nine or ten. So it's been quite a while. Yeah, that was the first one I've seen, to be honest with you. <clears throat> the old man, you know, he talked, the, the property went up in Tennessee, talked about declining numbers of bobcats because he used to trap them. And he would put out a foothold trap and hang a piece of beer can 
like the shiny inside of a beer can in a tree. They'd come over Just there. Catch see, that bobcat's eye. Well, you put a little scent lure around the trap or whatever, but the the glint of that shiny would catch their eye from a ways off, and they'd come over to investigate it, smell that, get caught up. It's pretty genius. Yeah, I, the man had been fur trapping for ever. Curiosity killed the cat, right? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I, sh- I wish I learned more from him about trapping than I did. He used to. He took us around some of his old trapping routes, and the first couple of years we hunted there, he trapped. He trapped on the property. And then uh, he trapped in the state forest behind the property. So I got a question. If uh, with the amount of time that you've put into bow season this year and the boots that you've put on the ground, what are you taking from lessons that you've learned uh, into this muzzleloader hunt? Um, my stand placement is atrocious. <laughs> It's what I have discovered. Explain. Well, and I discovered this driving to work, right? So I'm imagining I'm a deer and I'm on my trail to wherever I'm going. And I notice that I see all the trees that are right on the fucking road or on the road. And I see all the headlights and all the the streetlights that are on the road. But what I can't see is the one that's 20 feet off the road. And that's where I need to put my stand. You've been sitting right on top of the trail? Pretty much. So I'll give you another tip when it comes to stand placement. And I brought this up to Jordan when we put up stands up in in Alabama. And it's something that I try to pay extra attention to setting stands. And this year, like setting permanent stands. And I've been trying to pay more attention to it um, over the past few years when somebody brought it to my attention. Was uh, you don't ever want to put your stand facing east or west. You really want to sit on the north on the northern side facing back to where you're at. Because you use the shadows for cover. The shadows are far more effective than any other cover there is. If you're sitting facing east, in the morning you're golden. In the afternoon, you're bleach white in the sun. Doesn't matter how much camouflage you've got on, you shine. Yeah. So you set up to where you're in the shade. One, you'll be way more comfortable. Unless it's freezing cold, then it kind of feels good. Two, you're you're hiding better. So think about that. If you don't know your east, you know north, south, east, and west all the time, Mount One Carrot Compass. You got it pretty good somewhere over there. I can tell you. I I'll facing, tell you this. <clears throat> we're coming in. Sanford, at Jake. <laughs> where where we where we parked the boat? We're on we're on the north side. So keep that in mind. Yeah, we're Sanford at. <laughs> that way. That, that, that way. Over by the Walmart, right? I came that way. <laughs> Josh, what do you? I mean, what are your thoughts coming into this? Having never hunted public land, I'm just hoping to get some experience from you guys. Honestly, <laughs> <clears throat> never been in a, never even set up a climber except for when I got mine. It's oh, always, it's always been ladder stands or well on private property. It just seems that uh, on occasion. Um, we fall into shit and come out smelling like roses. So. I'm good with that. I, I would. Do, do you know how to set your climber up? Yeah, I've set it up. Okay. I was going to say, because if, if not, you know, because I'm i not going to have time to be like, all right, Josh, let me hit me set no, this no, up. No, no. I walk is he, is he, he's using your climber, isn't he? You can. No, no I yeah. got one. Okay. Uh, sure you don't want to have more climber? Yeah, I would say you probably want 
Williams. Williams got a nice thing to carry it in and out. He's got the Hasmore seat. I'm all decked out. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it after the show. Jake's all Hasmore out now, man. He's got a trick out kit on his climber. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm you've all been, decked out. You've been using the mess out of it. Yeah. Well, what do you I think am. of that? What do you think of that Hasmore seat versus the climber seat you had before that? So on my other stand, I had the same style mesh seat. Right. He had an old so man stand. That okay. It wasn't like. I do love that seat. Right. Because it it's hot and you got air. Right. You know? um, so the seat was cool, but what I really liked was the third hand archer, the, the, bow, hold, the bow holder. Yeah. And the straps. Hmm. Dude, to get up and be able to like, all right, if I, you can lean, you can lean on the top part of your stand without it moving because it's attached to the bottle. You brave, man. No, dude, no, I'm telling you, so I, I did it a lot at the show. You can actually, when you stand on that bottom part of the stand, it pulls the front of the climber down, so it bites it into the tree, and you can literally stand on the bottom part and lean off to either side. I mean, yeah, you're locked that in. climber at the show was on a piece of water pipe with carpet around it, and I could stand on the bottom and sit on the side, and it didn't move. I could lean all the way to one side or the other, and it didn't even slip on that PVC. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have that on my climber. I have the straps. I just yeah. don't have it on my climber. I'd put it on. You should use it, man. It is cool. It's tits. Yeah. But the whole thing with my climber is is my bottom half is bigger than my top half. Like, it's, it's wider because I have a huge climber. I've got the Summit 360. Yeah, yeah. So... That's a whole lot of leaning. I don't I haven't really never had to lean because when I stand up with that seat and it pushes back out of the way, I got all the room in the world. Yeah. I could damn near break dance if I could break dance on the bottom of that climber up in the tree. So that is another thing I liked about that seat is sometimes I'll pull my stand up, but I don't like to sit. Right. With that, so that seat will fold out of my way and I'll leave my stand real low and it's got that camouflage cover around it. I'll stand there. Oh, yeah. He's got my... He's got you know? my, uh, I gave him the climber that has the. Oh, the blind around it? The blind around it, yeah. Gotcha. So I'll leave that thing low and I'll just stand there. Dude, so I found on cold, cold, cold mornings that I am warmer when I'm standing than when I'm sitting. Oh, 100%. So yeah, I'll was... get up when I get cold, like if I'm in a ladder stand or something, I'll stand up and just lean against the tree. Lean one shoulder against the tree and watch. Watch one direction for a while, then stand, switch to the other direction and watch. I don't know what it. Maybe it's just because you're you. It's kind of like taking the compression out of the uh, insulation in your pants underneath your butt. Yeah. But do you have the? You got the pad for the Hasmore? I don't no. have the pad for that. But I have another pad that I've been using. Use it for turkey hunting. You have the back pad. I do have the back pad. Yeah, because I use that. I only use that bottom pad when it is cold because that does provide you that little yeah. bit extra bit of just insulation. You don't need padding. You see the insulation. Yeah. But it's the same pad I've been using since I was using the, and I, I hate it when guys are like, ah, that seat's not near as comfortable as the, the Summit surround seat. I'm like, no, bro. I had the Summit surround seat. Yeah, so did I. And that's- I broke a Summit surround seat because they're not made that great. Like the stitching came loose. They sent me another one, and I still have it. And I've contemplated selling it because I had the only reason I have the pad that I use in my Hasmore seat is because I had to have that pad to sit for an extended period of time in that summit seat. Because when you sit there, I know the pad's six inches thick, but the straps still cut into the bottom of your legs after a while. Yeah. But I could take that super stiff pad and sit on that and it'd make it a little more comfortable. 
Dude, I had the summit surround and I had a regular summit seat on my climber. And the uh, second to last time I had a yard sale at the house, I put both of them in the yard sale and I think I put them out for like 20 bucks for both of them. And somebody came and scooped them up and dad's like, you shouldn't have sold them for your climber. I was like, I, I will never ever put anything but a summit or but a uh, Hasmore on my climber again. Yeah, not, if he wants a seat, he can yeah. have my summit surround seat. I'm not worried about that, man. I, like, Hasmore is the only way to go. Once you sit in one of those Hasmores, you'll never put anything else on your climber again. Yeah, no, they're ridiculously comfortable. And people look at oh, it's just a net, dude. How? So it, I got it, a question. It's amazing. I got a question. What's the difference? Is there any difference in between what's on the old man stand and the Hasmore seat? Do you have you noticed any difference? As far as the seat itself, yeah, or no. the comfortability, no, or, about the same. No. They are, the, they're the same. Yeah, but but it's the exact. He same makes seat. he makes replacements for the old man stands. You know, it's the exact same. It's just a mesh, right? And it's absolutely comfortable. I don't I don't know why it doesn't look like it would be. It doesn't know? have any pressure points. That exactly, and it, you're just you kind of hang there. It's like a hammock for your butt. Mm. What I like about that little backrest seat, though, the, like the little tiny, you look at that, it's like a little, just a little triangle for your back, your, your back pad. Like, that's, that doesn't provide anything it's from my back. It's the lumbar purpose. Bull crap. Yeah, it's right there right. in your with lumbar. The way that, with it's the like way when, you adjust it, when you adjust it all the way out on your trucks, your back, you're like, oh, yeah, it's comfortable. You lean against that sucker, and it does the same thing, and your back's just resting against the pine tree. Yeah, dude, that is a comfortable, freaking comfortable seat. What I really like about it is it sits high enough, which there's photos of me from that hunt last year sitting there with my feet kicked up on the top rung of my climber like a recliner because the seat's sitting high enough that I can kick my feet up and it not my feet won't fall asleep. It was after you shot that deer. Was it after I shot the deer? It had to have been because you shot the deer like right at sunrise. Shot it like Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I was talking... Was I talking? Was it? Was I talking to you, or was I talking to Larry about scouting? Uh, he's like, "How oh, we're going to be able to scout again?" I was like, "Dude, we hunt in the morning. Friday, we are very likely to be that was me. by ourselves. Yeah, baseball practice, and we will know. Come, you know, we get down Friday morning after the hunt when we go back to where we parked. We'll know if we're well, by ourselves or not. How many permits do they give for that place? Fifty. So but it's not getting, just for. I mean, there is a lot right, of area. Right, right. Like, it, there's not going to. 50 people in that whole end of it's 50 and you can't take a guess so it's 50 flat right and if you had i think they get an average of like 60 percent of the permits people show up for the hunt so if you had what's 60 percent of 50 20 30 people 60 percent of 50 no like 17 bro 50 50 percent of 50 is 25 right you said 60 so 60 yeah. percent 60% of 50 oh, is like 30 people. Up. Never mind. <laughs> you can't math. Jordan can't spell. Yeah, He's looking on the other careful side. Careful who you agree with. Yeah. And we got five of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, maybe five. <laughs> Technically, we have eight because they only gave out so many permits. And we know three people that ain't coming. Yeah, and you can't return them. Right. So it's game on. Hey, look, there's our sixty percent of just our group. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> according to you, yeah. it's pretty close, man. So according to you, that's thirty percent, right? Thirty percent, eight thirty percent, fifty. I was doing the opposite math. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking the other forty percent. Yeah, oh. the ones that ain't showing up. 
Let's see. 0. 0.60 times 50. <laughs> 30% is 15. So 45 people would be. Uh, that's not that's not true. I did that wrong. Let's yeah, see. so you can't math either. He's got a phone and did it wrong. 30. 30 people. So I was right. Right about 30 people. First guess. God, look at me, man. So we got that's close a, that's to, only half know, of 50, yeah. though. We got a quarter of the. We got a quarter of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah, what's our, what's the percentage of the total now, Jordan? I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> uh, but I, like I said, we can get down in the morning and come back to the boat to leave to go back to our cabin or whatever. And if we come down there and nobody else is parked there, we'll wander right on back out there and scout a little bit. Yeah. Wander around the whole island, yeah. Hey, we can stick the Blackstone on the dang boat and eat there. Somebody has to get... At least you know the bear's going to go back to the boat and not... Honey buns, bacon, eggs, and cheese. So we can do half-moon sandwiches. Half-moon sandwiches. Yeah. Hot dogs. Josh just had a half-moon. I forgot about that. I just had a heart attack over here just listening to it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what's funny is everybody's like, I can't eat that. I'm not a fan of sweets. Josh said the same thing. You ate ate a whole one, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Logan talked about it for probably three weeks. Half moon sandwich is a way to go, man. Were you there for peanut butter on a hot dog? I was not. Oh, oh you man. were there though, weren't you? I was, but I did not get a chance to take. You didn't taste partake? One. No, I did not. I oh, I do peanut, peanut butter, butter peanut butter hot dogs on a on a lunch day. Yeah, I was. I told Destiny about it yesterday. I said something about eating peanut butter on a hot dog, and she's like, "What is wrong with you? <laughs> peanut butter and fresh diced <laughs> onions?" I'm like, "Listen." You can't sleep on it until you've tried it because I told him it was disgusting until I ate it. And I was like, okay. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you and me. I thought the same thing. And I wasn't going to eat it at all. I was you, like, what you kind tried of it? white trash? <laughs> <laughs> Straight out of Bithlow. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of white trash crap is this? And you eat it and you're like, the best part right, about it yeah, was, hey, the best part about it was, is, uh, was it Mike? Mike? Yeah. It, Mike his, it was either yeah. Mike or it's, uh, what's his buddy's name? Uh, I can't, I can't remember. remember. But yeah. they're, they're, he's like, you know, listen, he's giving that explanation. He's like, it's not as good because we don't have the fresh onions <laughs> <laughs> as it normally is. <laughs> he, had, he, had the, uh, he had the peanut butter on a hot dog and he had the Costco bowl peanuts. And those Costco bowl peanuts were good. Both of them were the hit of that day, yeah. We got to bring both of them back out to Seminole Forest this year. Yeah, he already commented he's going to bring the the peanut butter on a hot dog. (laughs) Let's take a break real quick. The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. So coming back into it, William, having had this hunt last year, what are some things that you think you're going to take from last year to improve upon this year? 
well, I can already tell you difference in last year and this year is we actually um, knew where to park. We've actually seen the island. Yeah. Well, well, we knew where to park because yeah. last year, like I found it an easy way in. And um, there's other people access. Evidently, it your definition of easy and my definition of easy are two very different definitions of easy. Because we couldn't even walk the same trail out we walked in. <clears throat> well, my easy way in, I found in the daylight. <laughs> and then you know how walking a daylight trail versus walking a, in the dark where the flashlight trail goes. Well, yeah. I can tell you that Friday, that Friday, was that boat there when we finally made it out to the water that day? We didn't, well, we didn't even go all the way to that water. We parked there that Friday, didn't we? The boat wasn't there. Boat wasn't there. So he wasn't even there on Friday. Yeah. So we were by ourselves on the island on Friday. Mm-hmm. As far as we know. Well, yeah, because we even walked up on that saddle setup. You're right. Walked across the entire island. Not really. Yeah, other. I mean, well, from one side to the other on yeah. the short, the narrow from direction, east, east to west. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've scouted more this year, and and put a little more work into trying to find deer. Not successfully. We found does. Duh, yeah, and a bear, two bears, a big old dang bear. But, um, you know, I sat the same spot twice last year. And it paid off for me. I don't know that I'm going to do that again. I think that probably I'm probably going to bounce every day. <clears throat> That's fair. Uh, and I may even bounce not every day, but every hunt. Uh, first sit's the best sit. Because the more I come in there, the more sit I'm going to put on the ground. I was going to say, you know, um, I did the same thing with my archery hunt this year um i bounced there were two sits that were in the same spot other than that i bounced every spot but i think what i took from each bounce was i took a little bit of knowledge of where i sat and uh, my surroundings and everything and what i saw from each spot and i slowly improved upon where i sat there there was a part of me too last year where we sat uh, um you know Albeit I was successful, and then where we wandered in the thick woods this year. Last year I thought I wanted to move into the woods, but this having walked through them, I don't think that's the way to go. Not not for a muzzleloader hunt. No. I think that being right on the edge where we were last year and being on the edge in the right spot is going to pay off heavier than being in the woods. And every time we've been on that island, every time we've been out there, we've seen a deer a big body deer beat a doe whatever in the same spot and i think i talked to you josh about lining up along that one side we all just scattered you know three four hundred yards apart across that one side we'll probably see deer and i'll take it as a success if i just see deer obviously i'd love to kill a deer kill another deer out there i'd love for one of us to kill a deer out there i'd love to see jake kill a deer josh kill a deer larry kill a deer you i could give two shits about um (laughs) I want to make but, it happen uh, more than yeah. once this year, son. <laughs> no, I like like you said though. I would. Um, my main thing for this hunt is uh, for one of these guys to kill a deer. I say my number one concern is me, but at a very close second is you guys, and I want to make sure you guys are good where you're at, and that we can hopefully get you guys a deer. I've killed a deer. 
You haven't killed a deer, have you? No, I have not. You've killed a deer, though. Yeah, you killed a little spike. Yeah. Yeah. About two years ago. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, I know Larry's killed deer. Uh, I don't know if we covered this in the in the uh, Southern Cuisine podcast when Larry was in here, but <clears throat> um, I hunted with Larry when I was a little kid. Probably about my son's age. I was. Larry's six years older than me, I think. So he was a little older. Uh, he'd been 11 or so. But him, his dad and my dad used to work together, and they hunted on the same deer lease. And it's funny now because his dad and my dad work for the same company that me and Larry do, and we work together. But uh, I still have, I have, uh, not that Larry would enjoy it, but I have Larry in my phone as little Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he was known as when when, when we hunted together because it was no, the same. I mean, I'm a junior. Larry's yeah. a junior. But so when we just, were kids, we just called him little Larry. Call, call him that when you see him. Yeah. Everybody calling that. What's going on, little Larry? Just see how long it takes him to get all twitchy. <laughs> <laughs> little Larry and spiders, right? Brings some fake spiders around. Plastic. <laughs> oh, I forgot he is afraid of spiders. Boy, we passed around hey, that thing. Nothing wrong with that. Listen. Oh yeah, don't try me, son. We passed around a dang long piece of weed for a long. Listen. Kept tickling him on the back of the ear as he's walking through the woods. <laughs> and here's what I learned from that: no matter what you do to Larry, if you're messing with him about a spider. He's going to blame it on Will, so we are free to do whatever we want, and Will will take all the repercussions. Because <laughs> Larry's going to blame it right on him anyway. I'd be Even five people back. I'd be five people back from him. He turned around and looked at me. I'm like, well, how the heck would I have done that, Larry? I'm way back here. <laughs> so we are free free game, man. Oh. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just looking. This will be my first time getting out in the woods this year. I haven't hunted any bow season. And, uh, but more than this, I am looking forward to doing this hunt. And as soon as it's over, dude, then it's really for me, it's game on. Not for me to kill a deer, though. Because then it's, it's Rylan's turn. I was going to say, I got a little over, and this is not including, like, you know, I got all my backstrap, I got my tenderloins, everything from this buck. I got a little over, I think I got like 43 pounds of hamburger meat out of that deer so between i got uh a quota hunt this weekend which i'm not gonna hunt all of i'm gonna hunt saturday morning and then i'll probably hunt sunday um who are you taking with you i don't know you won't go jake you want to go where we going we'll talk about later (laughs) i'm not gonna name drop on this one but archery no muzzleloader i'm in Let's go. <laughs> he said, "Let's go." You get powder. I got powder. I get. I got all of it. Let's so go. you didn't have powder when we sat it in. I know. I might have made it. He tried to buy it at Walmart. Listen, man. Back in the <laughs> Walmart used to sell muzzle loaders. Walmart used to also sell guns. They don't do Period. that anymore either. I, There's not even anyone stocking a counter back there at the gun counter I'm anymore. Mind blown. Not dude. that they're not okay. So let me rephrase. There's no longer a gun counter for someone to stock. Nobody, no, nobody has stood at that counter for a long time. Right. Like you should be able to go back there. You get your hunting license, fishing license. Right. All of it. I remember standing there for 30, 45 minutes after calling, waiting for somebody to come back to give you a fishing license. Oh, sorry. I was on lunch break. Nobody else could come back there and get. 
Now you just do it all online. So ask ask them now. When I found them four ten shells for uh, Rylan and Logan, yeah, I had to finally walk by there and get it myself. Oh, you yeah. just step behind the counter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't don't even try me. If it's unlocked, I'll go behind the counter and get whatever the heck I need. I'll take yeah. it up. I would if they left the gun cabinet open. I'll walk up to the desk with a dang twelve gauge. I'm gonna buy this. <laughs> Lay it down on the roller. Yeah. Take it to self checkout. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shotgun, you bring your shotgun tomorrow. It's already in the truck. Yeah, we're, we're, oh, oh Morehead's still in, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Good luck finding them diving bastards. Hey, man, if we're going out there, we're going to try anyway. He said that last <laughs> week. It's going to take know, us a half hour to get excited. there. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Uh, I had to work, man. Got to get you a county job, man. You only work so much. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what, they say. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. So what's your game plan, Jordan? What what are you what are you taking out from what you've learned this year and last year and I mean you really only started really hunting public land last year with me. Yeah. I mean um, I guess it all started off in Tennessee, the one one we spent in Tennessee and yeah. now we dove I mean, into Florida know, Heavy last like year. Like I've said before, I, when I when I was probably seventeen well, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen years old, uh I probably sat out in Ocala five or six times. But really diving into it, it was last year. Yeah. Um Man, I don't know. It's tough. I, um, I based off of what we saw last year, like you said, I I think I want to hunt the edge. But uh, I also Good think idea. I want to look at at the other side of the spot we have picked out. I think I want to look at the far side of that flat. I think that's where I'm going Friday morning. I'm gonna make the long trek. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to set, I don't know, man. There's just so much, even though we've scouted, there's so much untouched property there for us. I mean, you you look at this. I have to click on it here. Oh, I'm half tempted for all of us to go, like, just take everybody and drag. Well, I guess technically yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a south side. Take everybody and go line up on that south side. Yeah. So, I'm kind of thinking that I green one's you had the camera. Up here. Yeah. I'm thinking I want to hunt somewhere over here, mm-hmm. maybe. But, you know, you think we always jump deer out in this middle here, and then they run towards this uh, southeast side. I don't know if I want to try and get in this southeast side. Look at all these pins we got on there. So where that A is for access, that's where we initially accessed last year with my mud boat. I am thinking that I'm going to go... So you look at these trails. You're coming out. And those trails this year, uh, that's something to take out of it too. Those trails are real grown up. Yeah. You're coming out right here. I wonder if that fire was pretty recent. Last year? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Because it was pretty, pretty. Uh, come out here, follow this trail out. And then I thought about having everybody, like we, we kind of spend time lining up along this edge. Yeah. Here, because this is this is about where we always see deer go in. Yeah, yeah kind of that that right eastern edge. But now I'm kind of wondering if we should maybe go put one here, put one here. Yeah, that's where I got to access. Put one here. Put one here, like line this edge. You see the fingers coming out. Yeah, that that's why stuff. I have that that point of interest right there. Yeah. And I actually have a couple marked on these these points coming out. Yeah. 
I don't think it's a bad idea, man. Right here where this access is, where we came in initially last year, there's some rubs that I saw last year right in there. Right here? Yeah. And then if that doesn't work on, you know, bouncing first day, maybe the second day we go and we line up on the north side. We go here, 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 like down this edge. Yeah. And I think if the edge, I mean, you got we got, what, three days? So if the edge doesn't work for me, Friday and Saturday, I might dive into these woods. You got mouse control. Where at? Oh, I might dive into these woods over here on that eastern side. Try and get back over here, kind of a northeast. Yeah, I mean, you could go back to doing the whole thing of hunting the non-huntable boundary. Yeah. Because you do encounter that area where it, it tells you it's closed. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's tough. It's just... I really think this year is going to be another year of kind of figuring out for us. And I think uh, if we don't kill something next year, we have a really good chance of success the next year. You don't kill something this year, you yeah, get a good yeah, chance yeah. next year. I think that this hunt is a very fun hunt, and it's a very Florida hunt. Yeah. I Man, outside of just the hunt itself, I'm looking forward to spending those three days and two nights well i guess it's three nights isn't it yeah thursday night friday night saturday night yeah. yeah three days and three nights i'm looking forward to just uh the camp atmosphere that's going to be there i'm gonna bring some firewood yeah i got plenty of freaking pot so and I, was, I gotta bring I was about to say i got plenty too bring bring firewood with you we'll but burn we fires fire the camp atmosphere man is just as much of it like like mike said last week in the podcast you know, a lot of these hunts where you go off and, and you're away from the house, the camp atmosphere is just as much as the hunt itself. That was one of the things I think I missed the most when I was hunting in um, Kentucky and Tennessee and then even in Georgia when I lived in Georgia was that I didn't have that camp atmosphere. It was go to the woods, hunt, come home. Go to the woods, hunt, come home. And it's nice being able to come home. Uh, because in all honesty, I, I got to hunt more because of that, because I'm home in the evenings, right? Like I'm here, I'm present in the family group, but also growing up where hunting was a weekend vacation. We were there for two, three days at a time and you got to get away from the real, excuse me, the real world. That's something that I missed. And I think I missed it more in Tennessee than I did in uh I did in Georgia. Uh I don't know why, honestly, because I had the same atmosphere there. Well, we kinda had a camp set up on our place in Georgia. But we also had damn near a thousand acres. So <clears throat> but uh in Tennessee, all of us that hunted together, we were neighbors. So we would burn fires in the empty lot next to my house. After we get back from the hunt, we'd all ride together in the morning, but it just wasn't the same. But I tell you what, hunting in Tennessee, Miss Loretta, she make a mean breakfast. You call her the day before, Miss Loretta, we're going to come out there tomorrow morning about 10 o'clock. Breakfast, I mean, I'm talking about Thanksgiving spread laid on the table, son. It, it should be fun. Uh, oh, oh, not should be, it will be fun. That that last hunt we went on, me, you, Jordan, and the boys, well, I couldn't stay. 
Just a squirrel hunt. It, yeah. It got, it got too cold to sleep in the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're telling try, me I was try, sleeping yeah. in a tent. Yeah. Try to get up on that mic some more, Josh. And uh, we we had a blast that day. Just yeah. to, around the, the campfire and Logan's first time doing that. Ryland has been asking me ever since that hunt to make campfire chicken. That stuff was good, good, man. It's good, isn't it? So I'll give you guys a recipe for campfire chicken. And I learned this from a guy, many moons. I was a teenager when a, when a buddy made it. <clears throat> Just take aluminum foil and a chicken breast. Dice you up some fresh onions, some fresh peppers, like banana or uh, bell peppers. Put your chicken in there. And you use like a half a stick to a full stick of butter. Wrap that sucker up with your chicken breast, all your spices, seasonings, all other stuff, and you wrap it, double wrap it, triple wrap it in aluminum foil. Put a little bit of beer in there, and then you set it right on the edge of your fire in the coals. Let it sit. Turn it every now and then. Let it sit 30, 45 minutes. Pull it out. That's a damn good chicken breast. Yeah, that stick of butter and the half moon sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one thing. We do not eat healthy on those hunts. I mean, you eat good. So Larry's bringing steaks. Oh, nice! Larry's got some choice steaks. What am I bringing? Jordan's bringing backstrap. Yeah, maybe. Jake's bringing potatoes. <laughs> oh, bringing the potatoes, man. Jake's, you know, Jordan, Jake's bringing the leftover potatoes from the Swanee River trip. <laughs> I'm bringing the planted potatoes. The Swanee potatoes. We planted them suckers last year. Jordan's got a recipe for campfire iguana. That's absolutely amazing awesome. I think if you ask little Matt, he'd tell you different. No. (laughs) He just didn't want to hunt no more. He wanted to go home watch Barbie movies, what he wanted to do. Yeah. Uh. Me and Jake figured it out. Jake called me, what was it, Sunday night? Yep. He's like, hey, if you had an upset stomach, would you eat spicy beef jerky? If you had a stomach bug, would you eat spicy beef jerky? You calling Matt out right here live on the air? I am. He said, would you eat spicy beef jerky? I said, no. He said, Matt, finish the bag off. That's why I offered it to him. I said, I'm going to see how this man, how sick this man really is. You want some of this beef jerky you said was so good? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't eat spicy beef jerky if I had a stomach bug. So you just test it, whether it's something you ate, something you know. right. <laughs> Can I Can I keep it in? No, oh, no, I can't. Yeah, I'll say it right now. Me and Me and Jake even went on a hunt for this enormous dump he said he took never found it yeah that's a little strange Not there no that's he said strange. he destroyed campsite three which was right next to us so me and jordan we're there we're packing up because he has to go home i'm scheduled for a five-day hunt you know and we're packing up messy on on facebook oh i, I destroyed campsite three so well, that's right there. Let's go over there and look around. He said it was right next to the picnic table. Nothing. Why would you do that right next to a picnic table? No no toilet paper. No dookie. I mean, I... No, nothing. <sighs> nothing. Just saying we didn't find the evidence. That's a very strange hunt, fellas. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, me and Jake had a good time. Well, and the bad thing is... She brought your dog. <laughs> Bell would have found it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I listen. She's the turd burglar. Yeah. We we pulled the trail cam down, and there's this big buck and a and two doe yeah. on the camera. Right, right, right where Matt should have been hunting. 
mm. right where I was hunting, but I was right on top of the trail because I walked in at dark and didn't really exactly see where I was. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell <laughs> you a funny I story. Came up and looked and was like, oh, I'm right on top of that rub. <laughs> let me let me tell you a funny story about uh, walking in blind. So we had we got an area at Fort Campbell, and um, <clears throat> I had been known to just walk in blind in the morning. I had a really bright flashlight. Picked a pine tree, climbed up in it. And as I'm sitting there in the dark, I'm like, man, I feel like this pine tree is leaning a little bit. And I climbed this thing in the dark, mind you. And I'm sitting there like, it's not leaning that bad. When I get up in the morning, when it gets light, I'm like this. <laughs> I gotta, like I'm sitting, sitting in a recliner. Lazy boy. <laughs> yeah, a lazy boy. Like... <laughs> So I'm looking down to look in front of me. <laughs> I had to climb back down like 15 feet where I was about 12 feet off the ground so that I was sitting level. <laughs> I saw deer that morning, but they were, what I didn't realize either was I was down, like way down at the bottom. And when I climbed up about 15 feet, I was eye level with the deer in front of me. <laughs> You think that flashlight's bright till it's not. You know, it's funny, though. We went back and hunted the base up there. Uh, Dad was like, I don't know how I'm going to find a tree in the dark. I said, like this. And I went, whoop. And I turned that light all the way up. And he's like, oh. I was like, yeah. I said, I'm going to sit right here. And I climbed up in the tree I sat in the first morning. And I thought that I wasn't going to be able to see it at 40 yards. Yeah. And I was fine with that. And when I got to my tree, I handed that light off to Dad. I said, here, you take this. Go find yourself a tree. When I climb up my tree, I see Dad going. It's like dim light because you can dial it dim light, and he'd get where he thinks he finds something. He can see the bright go. The light go super bright. He'd look around, turn it back down, walk a little further, <laughs> super bright, look around, turn it back down. <laughs> when the sun came up and the fog cleared, I could see like two hundred and fifty yards. I was like, "Holy cow, this is good." Yeah. I, I chose great. I had a seven point come in on me that morning. I uh, that was a fun hunt, man. I, I I'd love to go back up there. Uh, I sat blind the first morning on that one too, and still ended up in a pretty dang good. I saw four deer. Let's go to Kansas. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I say we public go public land. We, yeah, public land. Let's go to Kansas. Let's go to Nebraska. Some place where there's just monsters on public land. Yeah, let's go. Missouri, Indiana, or not Indiana, but uh, Illinois. I'm down for it. Southern Illinois. We got a tent. Yeah, I got a tent, dude. So yeah. I did tell Jake, I was like, I've, coming into that. I'll borrow a camper. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, man. And I told Jordan this. I was like, dude, why Why have we never thought of this? But you drive all wherever you're going to go, carry all your crap, and then rent a U-Haul trailer in town before you go. Well, there you go. You stay in the U-Haul trailer. Yeah. yeah. Sleep, put, put, stuff, put a cot in the U-Haul trailer with a little little buddy heater with a little O2 sensor on it, keep you from dying in the middle of the night. Can you imagine nah, 15 trucks pulling up with... With U-Haul campers, yeah, man. But the thing is, here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. But what kind of meth lab on wheels is this? Here's here's the beauty of the U-Haul trailer is you don't have to tow it the whole way. You just pick it up at the closest town with the U-Haul, right, right. And you rent it for the week or whatever you're there, and you drop it back off when you're done. Don't tow it back. You save on the gas mileage. Oh no, I'm with. Pro you. tip. I'm with. If we pull it with Jordan's truck. What, what gas mileage? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's gone down a little bit since I put those 35s on, but I'm still getting 23, 24 around town. 
We t- uh, drove up to Georgia with the tires, tires he had on there with that tin on the back and the bed of that sucker loaded slap full with a canoe on top of all of it. He's come back and I was like, what gas mileage are you getting? He's like, oh, I'm getting like 27 miles a gallon. <laughs> I don't get that downhill with the wind blowing in my back. <laughs> <laughs> I only get that when I put mine in neutral and coast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that either. <laughs> Switches to four-cylinder mode, maybe. Uh, that little diesel's got something going for it. I love it, man. I wanted that truck for so long, and I just never never found the one I wanted. And then when that Duramax started taking a dump on me, I was like, I'm going to finally do it. We'll pull the trigger on it. Let's take a break real quick. Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters, we all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050, or... 843-324-1727. Or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N-V-H-A-M-M-E-S dot com. Offices Florida and South Carolina. So I know me and Jordan have been hunting since man, Earth. I was out there when I yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was in diapers. Dad didn't start till he was in his mid to late twenties. Uh, but he's had us out there just like I've had my son. I mean, just the other day I shared the the memory to the Underpressure Outdoors Nation group where Rylan was two, three ish out there just wailing on a grunt call. Uh, shooting his plastic shotgun, starting him out young, man. And I knew, and that, when I showed my wife the video, she's like, it wasn't even hunting season then, was it? I was like, no, it was muzzleloader season. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had a muzzleloader with me, uh, but I did not expect to kill a deer that day, unless we were ex- somehow stupid lucky. Uh, but I kept, I think I kept him in a stand a total of like 15, maybe 20 minutes that day. <laughs> and then it was down, wandered around the woods with the three year old. He's just with that little plastic shotgun. Uh, but And we've been out there that long. And I've heard Dad tell stories on me about, you know, get up in the tree stand, be in there 10 minutes. All right, Dad, I'm done. Can we go back? <laughs> but that's just something with little kids, man. I talked to Brad the other day, my buddy Brad, and uh, 
He's fixing to take his son out for the first time. He's pretty young. I was like, dude, don't expect much, but enjoy every minute of it. Because they're only that little forever. They're only that little for so long, they're that little forever. And uh, it's fun. And I still went from that to giving him a Red Rider. When you give him a Red Rider, it's game on. You can sit for hours with a Red Rider. Just let them shoot whatever they want with a Red Rider. That that last small game hunt that we went on. Yeah. That's all them two did was just pow, pow, just pow. <laughs> Everything they could with a Red Rider, right. But you know what, though? A Red Rider really doesn't make all that much noise. And if you're hunting with a rifle, it really doesn't matter. Because the deer at 100, 150 yards, he's not going to hear a Red Rider. It's not that loud. They got their Tweety Birds and wanted Right. Tweety yeah. Birds, Pine Cones. It was <laughs> breasting out Tweety Birds. They tried birds. to breast it. They couldn't find yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. And that's how we started. We started out yeah. young like that. I remember going to the stand... With dad, after I had a twenty-two, I was allowed to carry a twenty-two to the tree stand. And I specifically remember this one hunt. I can't remember the name of the tree stand. The food plot stand, I think is what it was called. But it was a ladder up to a platform in the tree. And it was over a real nice food plot. The name. It was right down the, right down the uh, way from the uh, the porch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. That was the first time I ever carried the twenty-two out, or the first time, the only time I can remember carrying the twenty-two with me. From what I remember, the porch is like me, you, Jake, and Josh could all sit on it. Like, oh yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. like a full sheet and a half of plywood strung between three trees, yeah. like eight feet off the ground. Yeah. Um. But uh, and then a, a rabbit came out. And he's like, shoot it. We'll eat, we'll eat it for dinner. I missed. Miss clean. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in between hunts, getting to wander around with a red rider around camp and just plinking Tweety Birds. My fondest memory of running around camp with a red rider was Dad saying, "Be careful where you're shooting," and a BB bounced back and hit me right in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw it both ways. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> was it? I want to feel like was that uh, next to our camper? That was a pecan tree out by the road. Well, well, the preview hedge around it. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about we grew up hunting, Jake, I mean, what is, what's been your history? What was your path to, to, to hunting? So, I didn't, I didn't grow up hunting. Um, no one in my family hunted. My, my grandpa had hunted with his dad until his dad passed, and then he didn't hunt anymore. And um, We would go fishing. Before church on Sunday morning, though, and that was kind of introduced me to the outdoors. And I don't know, I've always just wanted to hunt. I always had a passion to be in the outdoors, you know. And I was, we did, I did grow up with guns. Like we were taught, you know, we shot. And I had a 22 when I was nine, I think. And I still got it. But where the, the hunting came from, I don't really know. Other than just something I've always wanted to do, you know? And then I, I, I had went, when I was in high school, I went duck hunting with my friends and stuff. You know, that was kind of an always thing. Right. You know? But, yeah, man, I moved down here and then I kind of got away from hunting for a while. My father-in-law took me on a pheasant hunt, and after that, it's just been game on. You know. So where did where did you come into hunting in Florida? 
How did you come on to it here? I came on to it here. I went on a pheasant hunt with my father-in-law in Indiana. And after that, I was like, I got my hunt license. I want to do this. And I lived here, and I just started reading the rules on the WMAs, figuring out where they were, what was closest to me. And What was the first hunt you ever came on with us? That was... Charles Bronson. It was a small game hunt. Ah, that's Bronson. right. Because that we all went one way and one. you guys went off another direction. Yeah, and I had that was, a glorious small game hunt that trip. Too. That was that was the one where uh, Steve Christian uh, shot all the squirrels with his uh, flintlock. Yeah, and me and him were hunting in the same area. I just do want to say, like, I can pick a spot just like Steve Christian can. <laughs> the the difference is is that uh, Steve Christian picked your spot for you before you ever showed up. You just didn't know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Steve Christian, let those squirrels come to me before he came yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, they, he said, hey, go to Jake. Yeah. <laughs> he did kind of make fun of me, too, while I was out there. We, I met him on the trail on the way back. And he was that you over there? I said, yeah. He said, sounded like it was World War Three. What were you doing all them shooting? You only got nine squirrels. So I took ten shots. He yeah. goes, yeah, I would have had it in two. <laughs> He killed what? He just five told, squirrels. Yeah. He five just squirrels told him so? to die. Yeah, he's like, he, you die now. Yeah. I, I really think like he became so legendary, really on that hunt to us because he killed five squirrels with a flintlock, thirty-two caliber flintlock. We, yeah, and he we said, killed one. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, he didn't move. He hunted a hundred square feet of oak trees and killed all those squirrels. I walked a mile and a half. But that was that man. That's a that's a living legend. Absolutely, absolutely. Plants the trees he makes yeah. his gun stocks from. Man. Absolute <laughs> legend. Yeah, the guy that shot from the gas station. Yeah, that's it's yeah, the same yeah. guy. Yeah. It's the same guy. The, the two mile squirrel shot with a flintlock muzzle loader. Absolutely. Podcast throwback. <laughs> yeah. Headshot. Yeah. Oh man. And the thing was, it's not, you know, it wasn't like he's like, Oh yeah, body shot here. No, all those squirrels were clean, like yeah. In the ear. Don't beast. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's the thing about the shot from the gas station that was left out of that podcast. Uh, he went there a week before, put a bucket under that tree, and then shot all the squirrels out of that tree from the gas station, just drove over there, picked up the bucket. <laughs> And the the legendary story started on the Swanee trip last year. <laughs> it did, it did. Over quite a few beers with the five of us on the river bank. <laughs> Listen, well, I am most proud of the fact that there were so many Facebook posts made that night that Steve <laughs> Christian <laughs> downloaded fa- the Facebook app just so he could keep <laughs> up with it. <laughs> I mean, the man planted his own snacks. He ate the snack and then planted the snack in the woods. Yeah. Come on. The tomatoes. <laughs> Definitely going next year. You know, it, it's uh, it's great to me that we've been able to start uh, a platform that has been able to base so many new hunters and, and just bring people into, like, not just the fold of hunting, but into our fold. 
Well, if he hadn't started under pressure outdoors, chances are I never would have met Jake. I definitely never would have met Jake if it hadn't been for UPO. And and here's the thing with with what you guys are doing, and you say about new hunters. I'm I'm still a new hunter. I've been at this for five years down here. I consider myself a new hunter. I still consider myself. Oh, me too. New new to public land, absolutely. I I know I know private land, but private land and like William said on last podcast, private land and hunting public land are. Two completely different ball games. Yeah, the, there's different rules. There's I, I feel like an so. idiot. I set foot on a private or on the public land. I feel like a dumbass. I just I don't know what to do, but I just go Pub, public private. No different at the point that I think I know it all. I'm just gonna quit. There's something, that, dude. It doesn't matter. You learn something new every year. Yeah, if you try. I do want to hear what Jake had to say though. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you though. I don't even remember what I said now. You said something about uh, the platform that we have. and bringing... uh, So, a lot of things that I've noticed is, because I've brought in new hunters myself. I see people all the time on the internet, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help, some guidance. And I've, I've taken people, and really what they don't know is just to go get in the woods. They don't know that you don't know. Right, and I'll, but I, I'll tell them I don't know. Right, you know. But if you want somebody to walk out there in the woods with you, I'll do that because that's what most people are. That's that's like the, what I'm noticing is the major downfall with people is they're just scared to go get in the woods. They don't realize they're scared to do that. You, you know what though? I I have to say that I'll get to you in a second, Josh. I have to say one of the things that I I hate the most on social media, and I see it all the time in other other Florida hunting groups is uh, people will ask, uh, where can I hunt this? Oh, just read the rule book. Re- read, the, read the WMA thing. Like, I, I get it, right? right? Use the WMA finder. That, WA, that WMA finder sucks. Right. And then, it bro, sucks. Even finding the rule book online, it's a bit of a bear. Here's the thing. <clears throat> if you really want to know where you can hunt around you, what you need to do is pick a radius and then start looking you look through florida's wmas and you start figuring out which ones it's a tedious process figure out which ones fall into your radius and then read the rules for those figure out how far you want to drive see and and now here that's because if you use a wma finder dude put in the wma finder archery uh no permit can kill those how many wmas think you pop do you think pop up not many and none, if you, and if, none, but if zero. You put it in your radius, you still get the panhandle. I don't. Care. No, well, what, I'm, what I'm telling West, you is, you'll still get the panhandle. If you in go, if you go into the WMA finder and you put in, I want to kill does with a bow without a permit. It says none. I know of at least two, yeah, three that allow mm-hmm. you to do that without a permit. But they don't pop up on the WMA finder. They're not there. You know, and when then, you're like hunt without a permit, it's like ah, oh, Lake Monroe. That's it. But practically the only one that pops up. There are several WMAs in the state of Florida that allow you to archer hunt without a permit, and you can kill does. Almost all of your larger WMAs allow you to hunt archery without a permit. Not There's all of them allow you to kill I mean, does, but yes. Yeah. I mean, you can hunt You can hunt Ocala without a permit. You can hunt Monroe without a permit. You can hunt uh, George without a permit. I mean, these are all well-known WMAs. I'm, I'm not spot-naming right now. Like, you know, we, we went to George opening weekend and how many people? There, there was just somebody the other day and I corrected you because they asked. Yeah, I was. And I, 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 I wasn't I trying to sound like an season, asshole, no, but yeah. But you were right. Yeah. Because I, 
I read it. I did not read that it was archery. Yeah. And during General Grun, like, you're not going to be able to kill a doe. But you you were correct. They were speaking about archery season. Yeah. They're out there. I just named the, three with an radius that you can hunt an archery without a permit. Right. But, you know, back back to the, the platform that you guys are, are giving is it's a way. A- Anthony R- Rivera, you know, yeah. who's oh, a guy yeah. that had never hunted before. And I linked up with him somehow on, on some Facebook Florida hunting group. And it was like, come to this, come out to this hunt. Now he's been on a couple. He's one of the guys that I helped out that's pissing me off because he's killed deer and I ain't. You know, but I'm helping you out. You know what I mean? I'm hoping to piss Will off on this next hunt. Maybe yeah. you should follow your own advice. I mean, maybe. You know? He's, he's just got to remember the advice he gave. I put a guy on a hog. He comes up to my house with it and says, man, I just killed this pig. Can you help me clean it? I said, sure. I jumped up in the back of his truck. I was like, dude, you need to just sell me your stuff and retire. <laughs> this, is, this is the biggest pig. I've killed pigs. I've killed a lot of pigs. But he shows up. I'm like, man, I helped you do this. And I get nothing. <laughs> right? And we hunt green swamp, and I'm like, dude, go put your stand right over here. Set it in that tree. Sure, shit, he kills the deer. I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. What were you gonna say, Josh? I forgot. Oh well. So how did you how did you get your start hunting? Uh, what much of a start? It was Dad drove cross country semis, so when he was home, we'd go to Ocala. Come in on that mic a little bit. Go to Ocala, run some dogs. Just kind of got to sit in the back of a truck and watch them shoot shoot at a deer. <laughs> and then uh, about three years ago, I started hunting in Georgia with a buddy of mine. Just private land. And that's pretty much it. And then when... If you ever hear we'll talk about the baseball coach, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, started getting all these small game hunts with Will. And because my son's eight too, so just wanted to show him what I did, was not shown. I know this podcast is about bringing new hunters in, right? So whether it's thirty-seven years old or eight years old, that's what I'm trying to do with Will and this whole this whole UPO Nation now is get my son in the woods and teach myself too. But as far as hunting growing up, there wasn't much. So you're really just getting started. You are, <clears throat> I guess for lack of better terms, an adult onset hunter. Yes. Yeah. When we, uh, private land, it was pretty much go sit in this tree, this, uh, this stand over here. And they may come out between seven and nine. <laughs> I, well, you know, the thing is, is I think a lot of guys that hunt strictly public land think, oh, private land's so easy. In, in, in reality, in most aspects, private land is considerably easier. And that's only because we can pattern deer on private land better. Most of the time. Yes. I've hunted private land. I've had leases where I was like, you know what? <laughs> Screw this shit. We hunted there for two years, didn't kill a deer. Nobody, one person saw a deer. <laughs> Couldn't get a shot on archery season. It happens. But some pieces are better than others. It is what it is. Don't listen. Don't. I mean, I, I, that's the whole reason I will. 
I, I am very, very hard pressed to lease from a timber company again. But if it's all you can get and it gives you access to private land, I fully recommend it to get yourself started. You may lease a piece of timber company land that's absolutely excellent. You have a much better experience than I do, than I did. Uh, but based on the experience I had, I that is like I could lease private land, hunt public land, or lease from the timber company, and they fall in that order. Uh, and that is, and I say hunt public land because I've hunted some hunting public land here in Florida is vastly different from hunting public land in Tennessee. Like it's ten times easier to kill deer on public land in Tennessee than it is here in Florida. It's easier to kill deer on public land in Georgia than it is here in Florida. Yeah. Um, it, uh, Florida is some really hard hunting on public land. It it makes Florida makes a real hunter out of uh, a killer. You Dude, know if I mean? you can figure out how to kill deer on public land in Florida, you can figure it out anywhere. Consistently, you can figure it out anywhere. Yeah. But like, the, like Jay said, just get out there and do it. When I was coming that, up younger, and I see, you see Ocala. If you don't know how to hunt, it's kind of scary to look at this whole national forest and go, where do I go? Bring what a thing in closer to you. Where do I go? What do I do? Where do I set up at? If you don't know and no one's ever taught you that, it, it, exactly. You, I've been at it for dude, five you, you years. Just, you Last don't, year, you don't hunt. Yeah. Last year was the first year I've ever seen a deer. I've been in the woods these woods for five years. I put in hundreds of miles of walking. What makes it so hard, in my opinion, when it comes to hunting deer on public land in Florida, is the inability to shoot does. Because that, I, I I've so hunted, because, yeah, I, I hunted Ocala when I was younger, eh, nineteen, twenty years old. We hunted it pretty regular. I hunted. Uh, pretty regular with buddy Clint and uh, dude I sat one day saw 15 does can't shoot on them that's my backyard yeah right <laughs> but you can't shoot does in the state of Florida even on private land you only have a doe week or so you can shoot unless does. it's during archery yeah. you can shoot does during archery yeah. right well, yeah. you get the, was that was that in but you go to you go to Georgia yeah. and you got 11 10 11 does for the year you go yeah. to Tennessee where we were in Tennessee You've got two does a day, but so, so with no you, limit on the season. You have a lot of people that are in the state of Florida that say, and I can't remember why it is, but you get a lot of people like, "Oh, we need to be able to shoot does in Florida. You need to shoot more does in Florida. We need to shoot does in Florida." If you go back and listen to the podcast that we did with Lindsey Thomas, Lindsey Thomas makes, I mean, the way he explained, I don't, I don't even remember what it was. But the the reason that he explained why Florida doesn't allow you to shoot does makes it 110. percent I mean, it, it it makes sense and it makes you feel like an idiot for thinking that you should be able to shoot more does in Florida. Well, I mean, how many how many birds how many babies can a doe have? One to two. Okay, so if you shoot three that was- doe. That takes out six deer from the population. That was episode 181, by the way. Yeah, Go back to 181 and listen to Lindsay. At one point, I asked him about being able to shoot does in Florida, and he explains it, and I'm like, damn, I feel like an idiot now. So, I'll, I'll tell and you. And I think it has to do with with uh, the amount of food and brow. So, when you look at the state of Georgia, the state of Georgia can almost be managed as one deer herd because there's so much agriculture across the state. The 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 populous centers are limited. Atlanta, 
you know, some of the, and even their bigger cities outside of Atlanta aren't as big as our big cities here in Florida. The urban sprawl is limited in the state of Georgia. So you have much more opportunity for deer to move and eat and everything else. So they can manage that differently than we do here. Our woods are, if, if you took the state of Georgia and you look, compared Georgia to Florida, our woods exist in about the same amount their cities do. Yeah. Just because of the, the, the size and it's, shape. It's of urban sprawl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> you, um, well, that's like if you you have to manage each each wildlife management area pretty much has its own deer herd, and they have to manage each wildlife management area different. So you have some that give out more doe tags than others, and so on and so forth. They don't give out doe tags at all. You get up into the panhandle, and you can shoot a lot more deer. Your chances of seeing deer are better because you're pretty much in Georgia and Alabama up there. There's nothing there. Uh, you you get away from the urban sprawl up in the Panhandle, and you turn into you got up in the Panhandle. You got Tallahassee, uh, Pensacola, and Panama City Beach. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Everything else is woods. Well, so that's, so what happens yeah. is we get stuck with that part of Florida where uh, the sharecropping is just not there. Like you go to South Florida. And you have sharecropping when it comes to like sugar cane and stuff. Well, like that. you go to South Florida, they, they and you farm a lot more down. You there. compete with black bears, more black bears. You compete yeah. with uh, panthers. You compete. You, your competition. You also, you also pythons. See, yeah, you also see bigger deer down there on private land. Yeah, well, period, because the the soil is better, and that's why they yeah. farm more down there. And then in our section, you don't see as much farming. There's farming. You jump back quite a ways. You can we talk about the Alabama black belt with yeah. With uh, Keith from Piney Woods Hunting Lodge yep. in Alabama. And that is just, there's what they call the Alabama Black Belt that runs to Alabama. And it's very rich soil. And you have bigger deer in that area because there's more protein and nutrients in the soil. Yeah. And that just goes the same with Florida. You see better soil in the north and better soil in the south. And then kind of central Florida is sand. Yeah. There's good deer. You just got to find them. We talk about that too with farmers in the sand. We talked to Long and Scott yeah. about their farm that's been there for generations on the North Shore of Lake Apopka. I love to hunt there. Uh, but, we uh, did for years and never saw any deer. But you don't see deer there. You get plenty of coons, though. Coons we shot a possums. ton of possums and armadillos and uh, anything that processes oxygen. Good red rider hunting. Well, yeah, pretty much with, yeah. a, with a 22. Yeah. yeah. With the 22, we hunted out there with everything samurai swords. You get bored after you're like, what's a seven mag do to a possum? Uh, yeah. It happens. That was, uh, you, we, talk, shot, you, we just stepped out and yeah. we talked about how, you know, how all of us are not felons. That place right there kept me from becoming a felon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I shot I a spent, raccoon at a dead out sprint with a bow. I was sprinting, pulled a bow back while I'm running and shot a raccoon. We, uh, we spent every Friday and Saturday night there from sun, just before sundown till two in the morning. And it was three miles from the house. What well, kept you know, me out of trouble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Popka boys. But you know, <laughs> we're at, tangerine, not a popka. <laughs> Don't get it confused. Yeah, I went to a popka. Um, but you go to other states, like I, I mentioned in Tennessee, <clears throat> and you can kill two bucks a year in unit L, mind you. If you're over in East Tennessee, it's different. Uh, in West Tennessee, unit L, two bucks a year, 
and three does a day with no limit on the season. Where is that at? Tennessee. <laughs> West Ten- and that's the same for public land as is private. There's no like special regulations. And Georgia's pretty much the same. Your your rules apply across public land and private land. There are some different stipulations and different counties in Georgia require different uh antler restrictions, same for Alabama. What think about the doe population that they can allow that Jake, when I tell you I've sat many. in a tree stand in, in Tennessee and seen thirty deer in a day. I'm I, it blew my mind. I watched that on TV. And you I never like, thought that's not possible. I was like, that's never that's not possible. <laughs> and then I watch it with my own two eyes. I'm like, never in my life I thought I'd see this. Good. Where you, you see that many deer and you're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe if she was 10 pounds heavier. I mean, th- you that- get so picky and choosy at that point. You're like, yeah, if it doesn't happen today, it'll happen this morning, it'll happen with, this afternoon. With that many deer, like that population has to be on the verge of collapse or something. With, with that <laughs> you, many, what you, you want, know? what you don't understand like, is, is there is enough food? How how many? The, you, so there's there's oak trees, white oaks, red oaks, all that up there. Like there's pine trees here. Ah, oh, I got you. It's everywhere. Every crops, yeah, and there's there's a lot more crops too. Yeah. Not only do they feed on the oak trees, they feed on soybeans, they feed on corn, they feed on whatever's planted, peanuts. Well, we learned about how feeding on soybeans worked out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah, did, did anything first. ever happen to that? No, I don't I don't think Buddy ever killed anything. But I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's so vastly different to go from public land here to go to public land just about anywhere else. It is different because it like we we do have a lot of public land, but we have a lot of hunters also. Yeah, and which the, isn't the a bad thing land, because a lot of hunters means a lot of money into conservation. No, it's yeah. not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But the public land we do have is small tracts scattered. Yeah, you know which which increases the population on I feel like fourteen million acres. It's it's one of the largest in the country. It's it's uh, I want to think. New York has slightly more than we do. Yeah. East of the Mississippi, we are number one or number two. But when you look at them on the map, they're here, they're there, they're not. Right. We are truly blessed in Florida to have so much public land, uh, but our quota system is a bit tough. Yeah, I, I will say It's that not we- just free range. Like you go out west, you're like, oh, yeah, no, it's uh, DNR land. You can go hunt. Not here. I mean, we have a lot of public land, but you need to drop, for most of it, you got to draw quotas and everything else. And I will say, I, I do feel like they should just quota the whole, the whole every, quota every WMA and only let, you know, they know how many people they want to let in Greensboro. I'll have to bleep that out. You they, saying cuss words over here, Jake. You yeah. people mad at you? They I mean, got, I mean look, no, look, they, 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 got, they, they got it. it. They got it figured out, though. Man, I mean, you, if you think about it, they some areas like the area that we hunted this year in archery at the you know near the beginning of the season, it's not quota for archery, but as soon as muzzleloader kicks in, it's quota. So well for I, nine days. But no, I'm pretty sure muzzleloaders yeah. all of about ten days long. Yeah, yeah. full <laughs> muzzleloader is full quota, and then once you hit uh, modern gun, it's quota as well for modern gun. So, but why can't they do the same thing with? Lake because Monroe? they have it figured out. 
But if you had one spot that you hunted all year long, that was your... You know how... But, that was your archery, your muzzleloader, your rifle. It's where you could deer hunt for that whole year. Every WMA was the same. Pipeline. And you put in for your shit. Then we would at least know how many deer and how many hundred days there were for just, every WMA. Just, just, I'm pretty sure you can yeah, muzzleloader yeah, hunt yeah. pipeline without a permit. Yeah, just just Ocala, period. You could buy, I'm pretty sure Delancey, there's Delancey and another one that you don't need a permit to hunt. Uh, but like pipeline, your permit, you can pretty much just go. You just go buy it. Yeah. Right. You, but, but you say some, buy it, it's get, free. You get one uh Eddie was talking, you get one week before everybody else can go hunt. But then it's through January. Yeah, but then like Delancey and the, the northern units of 40, North of forty, yeah. North of forty yeah. are still hunt only. Yeah. And you don't need a permit to hunt those. You can go to Delancey and hunt that without a permit. With a rifle. With a rifle. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean how much are you willing to travel? Delancey's not that far. That spot where we have where where Ben sent us where the big buck is, that's Delancey unit. Yeah. We can go access it, try to hunt it. Worth but, a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like Josh said earlier, it's all about how much you want to put boots on the ground. Yeah. It's a lot of work to hunt public land here in Florida. It's I don't think Florida if you if you're able to go in and put boots on the ground one day and shoot a deer the next. That's luck. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, I dude, was going to say I, I, I hope it's luck cuz I, yeah, I, I can lay out to you. I can lay out to you. I can tell you that that 9 point I've got hanging on the wall pure luck. The 13 point I killed on Fort Campbell, that had decent amount of skill involved in it. The 8 point I got back here behind me, pure luck. Well, I would say that's as about 50 50. Yeah. Right. Because there, there was some work put into that one, but not you know where you should be, but not exactly where you should have been. Right. I, ha I had no idea that that deer was there. I knew there was, you know, I was hunting deer sign, but not that I knew that buck was there. The 13 point I killed, I knew there was a big buck in that area, and I was hunting that big buck. Um, the doe I shot, 50 50. Do you think there was a buck bigger than that 13? Potentially, I, I, yeah. I, I won't say no. Put it that way. The, there was another buck that he was fighting with. I'm sure that that was bigger, wider than him. There, there were big bucks. I mean, I'll tell you, I saw that young buck that was 11 point that I I passed. Yeah. Um. What do you think that 13 scores? I have no earthly idea. No. With the mass and all the kickers and all that crazy crap, I have no earthly idea. You'd have to go gross on that deer. I mean. To, to to try to and you can't score them off a picture either because you look at that and you think oh round time but yeah. it's not they're so all what I've been told is like if you hunt uh so uh remember tom the old man that was at rock springs mm -hmm. tom retired that's a shame yeah um what's her name what was the lady's name that runs seminole forest jean marie yeah jean marie now runs Rock Springs. Okay. So, supposedly, you can bring deer to her, and she can officially score them. So, so could Tom. Tom, yeah. So could yeah. Tom. 
I think Jean Marie's official score. I'm not sure. So once my deer gets mounted, I'm going to bring it and see if I can get it officially scored. I have not scored it at all. And I was supposed to take it this week to get it scored uh, to Alan. And I forgot and took it to the dang taxidermist. So. Well, you get it. You, you get a good. Because technically, to make most record books, you have to have a period of yeah. 60 days or so for it to shrink. I talked to Hunter about it today. And he said that uh, it may, because of its brow and its sticker, it may classify as a non-typical. And there is a non-typical registry in Florida. Hmm. I'm sure it's higher. Yeah. Most time it is. But we'll see what it scores. I'm interested to see what it scores gross versus, you know, average. Because it's going to have deductions. The The whole left side of it is way taller than the right side. So. Well, boys. I'm ready to get to hunting. <sighs> Son. I'm counting down the days. Yeah. Deer camp can't come fast enough. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to Jake, sleep in a, are in you a real bringing, bed in AC. Yeah, you, I, I got a playlist. <laughs> I got a playlist. I'm going to bring a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. I'm going to wake you guys up one morning after we've had too much to drink to to uh, enter the Sandman. I'm just going to blast it inside uh, that I'll cabin. Be up. Jake, <laughs> you, you're going you're gonna to bring your German meat paste? German well, meat I paste? I will. I will. Dude, Did I'm you telling tell you. Will no, that? no, that stuff is good. So we're at, we're at camp during archery season. Yeah, no, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, save it. Save it. All right. oh, let's save it. let's All right. let's have the meat paste. We'll all talk about it. We we're All gonna right. we've done a pre hunt. We'll do a post hunt. Probably yeah. a mid hunt. All right. We'll talk about the meat paste. We'll do a mid a mid hunt and bring us bring us bring us a bring us a fine German meat paste, not Dollar General. Uh, Dollar General has German meat paste. Oh god, it was good. It was it was no. dang good. But I want to know what a what a fine German meat paste. Is. Do, if Dollar right. General's I, got I meat get paste, us some good German meat paste like Walmart. <laughs> I might Publix. maybe I'll go to a German place and get some German meat paste. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys next week. Thank uh, you guys for joining us. We'll adios. We'll have a post and we'll be back.